0: He's so happy about? You might be sitting there asking yourself, yes, the sun is out, it's beautiful. Let me just tell you, you are the most gorgeous church family on the planet. You are? You are but why else am I happy? Why am I happy? Well, we ended last Sunday, we ended a six-week campaign. And we were raising funds, we're helping to build. A Bible school in Mwanza, Tanzania, Africa. And seven weeks ago, we started. The, I told you about the campaign, and that our target was thirty-five thousand dollars. And I told you to kick the campaign off. That I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell my motorcycle now. My motorcycle still hasn't sold, so if you're looking for a motorcycle, a 2009 Harley-Davidson fat boss. <laughs> <dip. laughs> <laughs> see, he thinks he can get away with stuff. See, see. Um, so, yeah, so my bike hasn't sold yet, but, but, but that's not what I came to talk about. So our target was $35,000, and I asked you to pray, and I asked you to give, and, that you could give over six weeks, you could give, wait till the last week, which was last Sunday. But our target was $35,000. Would everyone say $35,000? 35, 35000 Well, we did not raise $35,000. We didn't. We did not raise $40,000. No. We did not raise 50000 dollars, you guys. We did not. We didn't. And so, you'll see why I'm happy, and I'm going to invite you to dance with me again in just a second. You'll see why I'm so happy, um, because we didn't raise $60,000. We didn't. I I, I, I mean, we didn't, you guys. We did not raise $60,000. And so, I wonder, Pastor Rod, if you could give me a drum roll, please. You raise... You may be seated. Remember when they tried to tell us it was a sin to dance? Remember that? Aren't you glad we didn't buy into that? Aren't you? Glad? Keep your bike. Wow. Give your, your bike. No, I'm not gonna keep my bike. So, so that's the deal. He's like, keep your bike. No, no. Eighty thousand dollars. And that does not include the bike. So, I want to tell you, seriously. Um, that in in times when people are questioning whether the local church is still relevant, in a time when you hear more about division in churches than you do unity, to know that we are a part of the body of Christ that can come together with our differences, that can come together with our different levels of education and different levels of economic ability and different ethnic backgrounds and even different political views that we can all gather together for the cause of Jesus Christ. This morning, I stand here and I... I promise you, I'm doing my best to keep it together. I can't tell you how very, very grateful I am for you, for your sacrifice, for your demonstration of not only how much you love Jesus, because we can say, I love Jesus and hold on to everything we got. And we can say, I, ho- I love Jesus, but you know what I'll do is I'll just pray for you, but to to love Jesus and to demonstrate that by sacrificially giving. From the bottom of my heart, I tell you this morning, thank you, thank you, thank you. I came today and I'm thrilled that our kids are in the room this morning. I'm, I'm thrilled that they're here. And so you know what that means. You know the last time we had a family service like this. I ended up, there was one little boy, he wanted to come on up, up here on stage with me and preach with me and we allowed that because that's, that's cool. And so I think sometimes we can structure things so carefully that we actually get afraid of chaos. And how many know there are times that a little chaos is a good thing? And so this morning, we came to celebrate the beautiful weather and I came to celebrate my beautiful church family, and what we are able to do through your generous giving. And this morning, in thinking about what it is that I wanted to talk to you about today, I'm gonna ask you, actually, I'm gonna hope to challenge you this morning to revisit your I can't statements. The things that you have resigned yourself at 20, The things that at 15 already you have decided, I can't. The things that at 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 and 70 that you're like, you know what, I can't. I'm going to ask you to revisit those things. Because do you still believe that with Christ all things are possible? Do you still believe that? And so I'm going to ask you to revisit those I can't. How many of you know? It would be ridiculous for all five, six of myself to think at my age, 28, um, that I, yeah, I was 27 last year, 28 this year, um, that at my age, that, you know, with all five, six of me, I'm going to join the NBA. Wouldn't you say, let it go, let it go, <laughs> right? Right. And so I can't, I can't. You know, I'm talking about the I can't statements that we have made because life has been hard. Because maybe you didn't get into that college that you thought you would. And maybe someone else just, just edged you out of that promotion at work. Maybe there was a diagnosis and you've been getting treatment and and you went back and it wasn't the news that you thought it would be. Maybe you've really been standing in faith, believing that God is going to give you or lead you to a breakthrough in your finances, and it's like, I'm pinching those pennies. I'm pinching. Poor old Abe is screaming out. (laughs) You know? I don't know what it is for you. But I want to ask you this morning to visit some of your I can't statements. And I want to just look at a few because for all of those I can't statements that we have, the Word of God actually gives us an opportunity to see a different perspective. And so just a few, family, before we go fellowship and play and, uh, and have a good time with one another. Today's a perfect day to meet new people and... Um, It's gonna be a wonderful day today. The first I can't statement is I can't do it. How many times have we said that? I can't do it. I remember the evening after Pastor BG was killed. I decided to gather together all of the staff and the deacons. And we all met after everybody had left, and what I did was we all sat in the conference room, and essentially what I sat down and told them was this. I don't know what God's plan is, but I can't do it. And we're gonna stay together, and we're gonna hold fast, and we're gonna trust God for who's next, but I don't want to do it. And I can't do it. And that night, Pastor Rod and I were, were leaving the building and he went to get my car for me because you guys know I was out of my mind just, and I, I ended up coming in here through the worship center and just sat there right on the front row where you guys are sitting. And I'm like, God, what are we going to do? What are we gonna do, God? I can't. I can't. And he said, "You would really be comfortable with a stranger just coming in and leading your family." And I'm like, "God, no." The answer to that question is, no. And he said something to me that he continues to say to me in my darkest times. He reminded me of a beautiful verse. He said, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so you're absolutely right. I agree with you, Matt. You can't. But me, plus you, plus the staff, plus the deacons, plus the most amazing church family in the world, we can. So what is it for you, family? Today you're like, I can't do it. I came to tell you, good! Because maybe you're not supposed to. And you're absolutely not supposed to do it on your own. And in your own strength. And the great news is, is you can take that right to God. God, I can't do it. And I'm sure that he will say the same thing to you that he said to me. My grace is sufficient. I've said this, and maybe you've said this too. I can't figure it out. Have you ever said that? I can't figure, something hits you from out in left field and it's just, I can't figure it out. I don't know what's next. I don't know where I'm going. I don't, you know, here we are getting to the end and graduation is coming and stuff and maybe you have absolutely no idea. Everybody else is taking the SAT and the ACT. Everybody else is like, oh yeah, I'm going here and you're like, um, I, I, I have no, I can't figure it out. Haven't there been times in your life where you found something out or you heard about something happening to someone or you heard about someone's kids really struggling with something or, or you, and you try to make sense of it that's what we want family because I've said to you before I hate question marks but what I've come to realize is is we all do right wave your hand at me don't you hate question we hate question mark we want to figure everything out yeah. and I think there has to come a point in our lives family And a lot of times, it is in true adversity when we realize how absolutely limited we are. (coughs) That we can kind of go through life and think, I'll just roll with the punches and whatever comes my way, I'll just handle it as best as I know how to handle it. But you didn't expect that dot, dot, dot. You never imagined that you would be facing dot, dot, dot. I can't figure it out. And there's a gorgeous little chunk of Scripture, 5 and 6, in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. It says... We're not supposed to. We're not supposed to sit down and look at our lives and say, all right, I've got this. Like organizing and setting goals and all of those things you guys are absolutely fantastic and you better do that. But the idea is is that we're never supposed to sit down And try to get things pulled together separate from the wisdom of God. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all our ways acknowledge him and he will direct our path when you're faced with what am I going to do? I've been there more times than I, than I like, than I wanted to. What, what am I going to do? I can't figure this out. The truth is, and I want you to hear me this morning, family. There will be many things many voices that tell you you should do this and you should do that. If I were you, I'd do this, or if I were you, I wouldn't do that. And it's in those moments that you can't do a couple of things. First of all, you can't allow bad ideology about god to trap you you can't allow you can't allow wrong teaching oh god's going to get you if you do that you you can't allow misrepresenting statements about God and failing God and letting God down and God being angry with you or God being disappointed with you. It's in those times that you can't lean to your own understanding, but I want you to hear your pastor this morning. You can't even lean to the understanding of even well-meaning people around you because we get it wrong. Can I get an amen? amen? We get it wrong. And there are times that we superimpose our fear onto other people's situations and we end up making it worse. So what am I going to do? I can't figure this out. The Bible is so crystal clear that your steps are ordered by God. I want you to see this, family. That your steps, they are ordered by Him. But what if you don't even know what the next step is? What if you're afraid to even take that first, like like what, what if you're, what I know is that the more you try to reason it out, the more you try to gather an opinion poll of what's next, the more afraid you will be. And so you trust. You trust. And I don't even see where my foot is going to land. But you trust. It doesn't make sense. And I'm afraid. I'm sick and tired and I, but you trust and you don't allow other people's fear and you don't allow bad thinking of God's going to get you, God's going to get, you trust, you acknowledge him, you say, here it is, Lord, here it is. I can't figure this out. But you're with me. And I'm leaning on your everlasting arms. I can't figure it out. Can actually be a safe place for you. A place where you can lean back into the loving arms, not condemning arms. But you can lay back in the loving arms of your perfect Father. And he will lead you. And he will guide you. And his perfect love will cast out that fear. I can't figure it out. But the God of all wisdom and all power is going to help you figure it out. Finally, and this is one family that in all transparency, this is one that for most of my life I struggled with, and it's this. I wonder if you've struggled with this at times, or maybe you're struggling with it this morning. This final I can't is this, family. I can't forgive myself. There have been a number of times in my life where um, I've gotten myself into things. It's like, what in the world was I thinking? What in the world? There have been a number of times where someone has done something to me or said something about me. And I'm like, oh, okay. If, oh, That's the road we're going to go down. Okay, so you want to go down that road, bring it on. And I decided I was going to fight my own battles. (laughs) And I ended up saying things and doing things that not only hurt other people, but hurt me. There have been things that I have done in secret that no one has known about. And over the course of my life, It was those things that were strangling the joy out of my relationship with Jesus. How many of you know that that this relationship that we have with him, there's a promise of joy in it. Like the, and so why are Christians so miserable? They joy. What I know for myself was, as I was having a hard time coming to grips with things that I had seen and things that I had said and things that I had been a part of. Decisions that I had made that had devastating effects on other people and myself. And so what about you? Maybe you're watching or maybe you're here And you're like, yeah, I know what it's like. If they come after me, I'm going after them. They say something to me that I don't like. Maybe there's some things that, um, that finally, finally, you're ready to come to terms with and live in the truth in. And so maybe you're watching, maybe you're listening, and it's like, I can't forgive myself, let alone move on, move forward. And maybe you you do okay with forgiving others, but you look at the way you responded and the way you reacted, and you're like, I was such an idiot. How could I have been so stupid? How could I have been such a fool. And maybe you're really good at forgiving everybody else. But when you have to sit in the mess that you created, you have just a hard time giving it to Jesus. The Bible speaks to that I can't in such a powerful way. If we confess our sins, He will be faithful and true to forgive us our sins. And it doesn't stop there, it says, He will cleanse us, God will scrub us clean from all unrighteousness. So we're gonna have fun today. We're gonna go eat and fellowship and play. But this is no fun. It's no fun being held captive by that junk. And so what I want you to do before we go play Is right where you're seated. I, I just wonder if there are some things that you wanted to just take a moment and confess to the Lord. Maybe it's a, just a rotten attitude, right? You know, so I mean, I mean, a lot of times we jump to the worst of sins. We think, ooh, well, it's a, maybe, maybe it's just a rotten attitude. Maybe it's prideful and judgmental thinking. That it's your way or the highway that you're always right and you don't understand that if you're always right, that means the people around you that you say you love are always wrong. Maybe there's been some things that happened to you and you're like, you know what? They throw shade my way and I'm coming back with it. Coming back with it. And maybe you don't like the person that you've become because you decided, I'm going to start throwing the punches back myself. I don't know what it is. It's none of my business what it is. But I do know this for sure. That God is not a man that he would lie. And he doesn't change his mind. Hear me. He doesn't change his mind. His promises concerning you. If you will confess, He will forgive you. And if He forgives you, what in the world are you doing not forgiving yourself? If He forgives you, it's time for you to see your life in the way God sees your life. I want you to erase that idea erase it that he's up there with this disgusted look on his face like you you make me sick get rid of that it's against the bible if we confess our sins he'll come with his big old sponge (laughs) and he'll wash you clean he'll make you new so would you bow your head and close your eyes with me, my beautiful family? Maybe you just need to confess, God, I need to keep my mouth shut. Help me, Lord. God, I, I, I do. I think I have an opinion about everything. I mean, how many of you know I prayed that prayer a time or two in my life? And uh, it's like, God, help, I need to keep my mouth shut. Maybe it's something like that. And that's really, it's gotten you in trouble and you're, you're like, how could I have said that? How could I have done that? Maybe you've taken some things that don't belong to you. You're like, and if I go back and I give it back now, then everybody will know. That's the trap of the enemy. If you confess, then everybody will know. Maybe it's lying. Maybe it's anger raging anger maybe it's lust and you know and you're super super careful to make sure you delete your history on your iPad or on your computer you're super careful to do that whatever it is for you now's the time to just confess it To just confess. God, it's the desire of my heart this morning. And the mission, one of my missions for being a pastor is I don't want people to have a twisted idea about you, God. Where did we come up with this? That you're mad at us. Where do we come up with this idea that it's like, you make me sick. God, help us to know the truth. And the truth is, is you're not twisting any of our arms to love you. You're not backing us into a corner and coercing us. It's your kindness. It's always been your kindness that leads us to repentance. We're blown away that you love us. We're blown away that you paid such a high price for us. We're blown away by that. That'll never be old news. And so our response is, my goodness, you love me that much, my life is yours. My life, you loved me that much. My life is yours. And so God, I confess. There have been times of revenge in my eyes and in my heart. Whatever it is for you, just right where you're at, just confess, you know, and it's like, well, Pastor Matt, he already knows. You need to confess. You need to say what it is that's been holding you back. Maybe for you it is that wrong thinking that, oh, if I do this, God's not going to be happy with me. Oh, if I do... Whatever it is, His presence is here now to set you free. And so we thank you for forgiveness, Jesus. We thank you for courage and for power to obey, to live the way you say we ought to live. We thank you that we can see ourselves in you, that our identity is in you. We can get so caught up in, our identity being in our mess or I'm so and so's husband or I'm so and so's dad or I'm so we can lose our identity in the things the different roles that we have and we can lose our identity in the things that we're going through or have been through and we say once and for all that our identity is found in you Jesus you are the one that defines and shapes us And so, your grace is sufficient to see us through every season of our lives. All the ups and all the downs, all the changes that are still ahead, your grace is sufficient. I can't figure it out. I don't know what to do. That's okay. (laughs) It's okay because the captain of your soul is in control. no matter matter how high the waves might seem right now. He's got you, he's got you, he's got you. We thank you, God, for all the promises that your word is filled with. And we choose to live for you. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody shouted, amen. Amen. Would you turn to your neighbor and just say, $80,000! Listen, I want you to go have a blast today. Meet someone new this morning. Remember, if you're going to eat first, if you're like, I'm ready to eat, go out to your right. If you're ready to get to the games and have some fun, go out to your left. God bless you. See you next Sunday.